Thanks for joining the Women in Faith podcast. I'm Stephanie Schwartz, the host of Women in Faith, and we're here to help women trust and obey God by knowing and applying His Word. So I have back with me today my friends Jen Morris and Kate Shell, and we're continuing the talk about friendship. Uh, we're doing four episodes on friendship. In the first one, last one, we looked at the importance of friendship, why we need friends, and discovered that we do need friends. So this time, we're going to talk about how to make and even maintain those friendships, godly friendships. Uh, let me first ask the two of you, Kate, I'll start with you. Um, what is your favorite Bible verse, and why is that your favorite Bible verse? Great question. Um, my favorite Bible verse changes during the depending on the season of life I am yeah. in. Yes. Um, but this is my favorite for this season of life. It is Romans eight thirty eight. Mm-hmm. It says, "For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers." nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's awesome. Um, Is that such an awesome verse? And I love the, um, just the breadth, the expansive list of things that cannot separate us from God. And it's so comprehensive and so encouraging that there's nothing, things past, things present that is going to separate us from Christ. That's Mm -hmm. a great one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Jen? Mine is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25, that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. So mm-hmm. just that idea of keep your head down, keep striving forward all the way through to the finish line mm-hmm. of life. That's a good one. And didn't you teach on that? I did. Yes. I know. My favorite ever yeah. since. And That's you're a runner. So I mean, yeah. I love yeah, the running. Yes. Um, great. Great How image. fun. Yes. Great one. Well, I appreciate that. And we're going to be looking again at how to make godly friends. I think you guys are a great pair to bring in for this because you're such good friends and you do a great job at making friends. And I know you've even been a great friends to me, even though I feel like, you know, I'm the dud of the bunch. That's for sure. But I appreciate just your commitment to friendship. (laughs) Dud and Stephanie don't normally go together. We don't hear those words together. Uh, A verse that I wanted to read is from the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 really highlights this need for us to be in community and to have these friendships. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So I think that's so encouraging that that strength in two and even more strength in three, the importance of friendship. So we want to talk to our ladies and just say, okay, how do we get those friendships? How do we become that twofold or that threefold cord? I think uh, one of the things that we kind of talked about is that we need to put ourselves out there. Um, what would you guys say that looks like if you were talking to the ladies that are listening that, you know, are longing for these friendships, but really don't have the friendships that they're hoping for? How do they go about putting themselves out there? 
I think they need to get involved in groups, organizations of like-minded women. Mm -hmm. And that can look differently depending on, you know, what season of life they're in. So um, Bible study, obviously great place, Um, you know, mom's groups like navigating motherhood, you know, serving together, you know, getting involved in your kids' schools. There's just so many ways to get involved. And then once you're involved to, to be reaching out and to be focused on others and getting to know people instead of waiting for people to get to know you. Right. Yeah. Do you have anything? Maybe find a connection and make it happen. Find Mm -hmm. a common interest, a way to connect, a way to spend time together and make it happen. Initiate. Don't sit back expecting her to come to you, expecting her to follow through. Follow through on everything that you say. If you say you're going to call or text or show up or whatever, follow through. Um, initially Kate and I had the common interest of little kids and going Mm -hmm. to the same school right? and this prayer group that was going on. And then lo and behold, we found out that we both like to jog around the neighborhood with little kids. Yes. And so that turned into decades of running, of running together. Yeah. Whatever that common interest is just. And then you ended up at the same churches. So that helped too. Exactly. Serving together. Yes. Yes. So it just built from there. Yes. Finding that common interest. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, what would you say to you know women who are out there, young women, old women, who have been hurt by their friends and they're feeling like they just don't want to make themselves vulnerable mm-hmm. like that again? They don't want to risk the hurt that comes from being hurt by friends, mm-hmm. but they want those friendships. How would you encourage them just to put themselves out there even though they've been hurt? Mm-hmm. I wonder, probably... It depends. I mean, we've hurt each other. All yeah. We're all human. Yes. We all fail. Mm-hmm. And we've both had to apologize and to value the friendship enough to put ourselves back out there and to make it right Yeah. Um, with God, with each other, whatever. So um, if it can be restored, it's got to be restored as far as it depends on us. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. If it can't be restored, we've got to, we've got to trust God. That we can that we can move on, and that we we value the fact that we need friendships enough to to trust. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. To initiate again. Mm, yeah, I think there's always learnings too from failed friendships. I think if you do a real honest assessment of yourself, you know, and maybe where you failed in that friendship, I think if we're honest with ourselves, there are things that we can own that maybe we didn't do that were right that was right, and learn from that, um, and also then learn from you know, choosing our friends Mm -hmm. and, you know, choosing wisely about, you know, the types of people we are, you know, looking to affiliate with and looking to do life with. Because ultimately, as you said, you know, we are going to be partnering and trying to do this life together. And you really want to surround yourself with people that are going to point you in the right direction. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. All of us have done church life together for so many years. I mean, there's going to be those missteps, or maybe it's just me being sensitive and and feeling like my feelings are hurt. And Stephanie, I know you're such a great example. I mean, all these decades of doing, being under you in ministry, there have been, you know, very, very rare occasions where I'm like, that hurt my feelings or whatever. I didn't like that. And and Stephanie and you, Kate, too, are, are so quick to just bend over backwards to be gracious and loving and to value the friendship right. enough to, I mean, not to support me in my sin or anything like that, but right. to just, you know, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. And, yeah. you know, this is how I could have done better and da, da, da. Right. Yeah. And it just makes, makes the friendship stronger yes. when those things are communicated. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That communication is something that 
is almost like a lost art Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. a lot of younger people, especially. And, you know, again, it makes you feel vulnerable Mm -hmm. to have to say, you know, this hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, you know, this made me feel bad Mm because now you've, you know, made yourself Mm -hmm. exposed Mm -hmm. that you have feelings Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. this other person has Mm -hmm. power over Mm -hmm. you to hurt your feelings. And, you know, but without that, you harbor that, you know, pain and that, that just, resentment or whatever, and it can turn into bitterness. So, I mean, I I love the fact that, you know, I feel like we could all say, hey, that really hurt my feelings or Mm -hmm. whatever. And, you know, it would just, it would be amazing. Otherwise, if we didn't value each other that much, we'd be like, well, you know, whatever, I'll distance myself from her. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Plus to say things too, just will last you not to text. No, sometimes yes. I feel like some Good of the point. critical conversations that people have now is, you know, becomes via text. And I think that is a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of women, younger women, especially about this because they text so often. But, you know, I've just said, you know, think about what you're texting. And mm-hmm. if this isn't something that you really want on the cover of like Fox News or CNN, don't text it. You know, get on the phone and have that conversation. Right, right, right. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, texting is really great for little updates, like be right. there in five minutes or, you know, can I meet you at 3.30 or whatever. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. these, you know, really intimate conversations. Mm-hmm. That can be misunderstood exactly. via text. Yeah, that should be had as conversations, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, either on the phone or face-to-face. Mm-hmm. It just, it shouldn't all be done through text. It mm-hmm. can be misunderstood and misinterpreted and it just, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's great. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, now, concerning the people that, let's say, we look for as potential friends, um, I know I've seen uh, one, I think, error that women sometimes make is they want to be best friends with maybe the senior pastor's wife. You know, we have an amazing senior pastor's wife that we all love very much, Carlin, and, you know, we'll have women coming into the church, and we've got thousands of women that call this church their home, and, you know, they might say, okay, well, I want to be best friends with the senior pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why is it that, you know, it's really not wise to, you know, pick like the top three women in the church and say, that's mm-hmm. who I'm going to, you know, be best friends right. with or whatever. Why do we need to be real, more realistic about who we pursue those friendships right. with? Well, when Carlin and I had lunch today, she was no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally kidding. I yeah. think it's just like thinking, you know, valuing ourselves more than the other person and not thinking about the fact that you, ministry, ministry leaders, Carlin, you know, people have so many pulls on them and um, so many people expecting so much of them. So how can I, how can I support people like Carlin and Stephanie um, in a way that's helpful to them, in a way that lifts them up without expecting them to be friends with, you know, all 5,000 people in the church or whatever and expecting them to meet my needs. And um, so just thinking about the other person is how I would answer it. And how can I support that person and come alongside them in their many different roles? Right. Yeah. And I would say from experience, I mean, you're so good at that. Every time, you know, I'm having a rough week or whatever, all of a sudden there's a Blaze pizza on my doorstep. (laughs) (laughs) Twice. (laughs) No, and and I like Blaze pizza. So I really appreciate that. But I've I've seen that and I, I appreciate that, you know, just... 
Yeah, thinking about other people. It's such a biblical principle, right. you know, surprise, surprise. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's really good. And yeah, thinking about those ladies like Carlin, our senior pastor's wife, and all the demands that are on her time and, you know, realizing that, you know, she's probably not going to be able to be that close companion mm-hmm. that I'm looking for. Right. So maybe I look for someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think there is a sense of... I'm going to say celebrity culture, which is sort of a terrible way that, you know, we're kind of, oh, I'd like to be friends with, you know, like, you know, superstar Carlin Fabares. But yet in reality, you know, when we're looking for that, you know, close, intimate friend, that person has to have the bandwidth to be able to dedicate time. Yes. So I think we need to be realistic about finding friends that, you know, will be equally encouraging and, you know, maybe not quite as celebrity, but... uh, well, slummy. Half the time. <laughs> yeah. You got a slum. Yeah, yeah. That's where Jen and I come in. Yeah, yeah totally. And I think you guys mentioned before, which is wise, is looking for people that are in your same life stage, you know, have the same interests, mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. things going on. Maybe your kids are at the same school, you're at the same church, your husbands are maybe have some of the same interests, just things where you can mm-hmm. kind of team mm-hmm. up more naturally, mm-hmm. right. where it doesn't have to be forced, where you can just right. kind of do life together. Mm-hmm. Right. And it makes sense. Like I've noticed with you guys, you do a lot together. I mean, I've seen you guys even travel together. That's true. Which is awesome. I mean, so it's neat that, you know, you've found a friendship where you can do those things together and it just flows naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it also is takes time, yeah. you know, and that yes. I'm sure will segue into the maintaining of yes. friendships. But, um, you know, to make friends is one thing, but to maintain them, it's a, it's a very long process, which is why I think friendships are so precious and should be protected. And we talked about, you know, preserved the best of our abilities and mm-hmm. reconciled. Um, because Jen and I have been friends for, and staff too, uh, 20 years. Yeah. You know, that's a long, that's mm-hmm. a long go. Yes. So, um, you know, we weren't traveling right out of the gate. Right. <laughs> right. So. Here's a story that for, for 20 years, we both uh, loved to ski in our, in our youth. And, you know, we weren't skiing a lot when we had young kids to raise and da-da-da-da. So well, we, we always envisioned and dreamed these, you know, ski trips that were going right. to happen. It took us... 20 years, That's you know, right. last year last we went year, on our, we had our first ski trip. <laughs> ski trip together. And, and it was now awesome. we're old ski buddies. And <laughs> now yeah. we've had two ski we trips. On the slides, yeah. But yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and like yeah. you said, that encouraging the friendship of our husbands yes. um, and our kids. Right. Yeah. We can't force that to happen, but right. we can certainly do what we can. Right. And we can encourage yeah. it. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. super great when that happens, when God yes. brings that about. Yeah, yeah. Well, what tips would you guys give for maintaining friendships? Because you've both done an excellent job of that. So, you know, what are some things that you would say to, you know, the ladies who are out there and maybe they do have a few friends, but they're just not, you know, maintaining them well? What would you say are some of the top two or three things that you should do in order to maintain your friendships? I think we talked about putting the other person first. Mm -hmm. Um, Jen does an amazing job of always thinking about me and Mm -hmm. my interests. And whenever we meet, she invariably has a newspaper clipping that she wants (laughs) to like point out to me. She's got a book that she's read. One in the car right now. One in the car, no (laughs) doubt. You know, she's got you know uh, a lipstick that she tried, (laughs) and the shade wasn't quite right, but she thinks it would be perfect for me. Right. Uh, And so it has taught me how to think of other people and kind of get out of my own head. And that is something that, you know, just makes a friendship so much richer and I think causes it to flourish and grow and, you know, have roots and branches that 
weather the test of time. That's super kind, but I think just just being ready and thinking about how can I bless my friend mm -hmm. versus sitting around thinking about how is my gonna how could my friend be blessing me? You know, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and just following through on that stuff. We have yeah. all these grand ideas, mm -hmm. and you know, especially as I get older, you know, five minutes later, I forgot about my great idea. So just like uh, for me, as you know, I have to follow on it, follow through on it right then. You know, right. as soon as I get home, she's right. gonna get that article sent yeah. to her or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or else I'm gonna forget about yes. it. And you yes. don't follow through. You two mm -hmm. are brilliant. Remember everything. No. Um, <laughs> But that's not, not. I, that is a true statement, but that is, uh, that's not me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, uh, I appreciate that. I, I think we'll be able to talk about that a little in the next session when we talk about unrealistic expectations in friendship, but I keep hearing you guys say something that's just so true. And that is always just valuing the other person mm -hmm. and thinking about the other person. It's just what we're called to do as Christians. God blesses that. He honors that. It makes a huge difference. Uh, you know, being a friend to others, how would you, suggest that, you know, ladies out there maybe who don't have these friends yet, you know, take that step, make themselves vulnerable. Maybe they find somebody who would be a good friend. How would they go about then, you know, from square one, being a friend to that person? I think serving together is a great idea yeah. to serve in a ministry together to, uh, you know, maybe suggest, hey, let me, you know, let's go to the park together and then we can watch our kids together or really just, you know, be bold. Just step out and make the um, initiation. Initiate yeah. mm -hmm. something. Right. And I think, you know, some people are so afraid of being rejected. And what if they say no? I, I think that's a uh, that's unrealistic. I think, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, if you make a reasonable and well-intentioned initiation, that you'll find mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. well-received. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And maybe be curious and really find out what that person's about and... Uh, don't be satisfied with the superficial answers, you know, really be willing to expend the time and the energy, maybe emotional energy, whatever it's going to take to really get to know that person right. on a heart's level. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Those are great tips. Can I tell a really lame story? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So I don't even remember what the context of it was, but at one point we were inspired. We were we had reached a new plateau in our friendship, and we were going to symbolize it. And we came up with this ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I know idea. what I know what oh, the no. reason. It was after a teaching, I when think, by of, of the covenant of friendship. Oh, right. I know. Right. Was it like a David Jonathan? The David thing? and Jonathan. Yes. <laughs> right. Was so, that you, Steph? Did you teach on that? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so we said, how about? We exchange wedding pottery. Oh, and so funny. she has this beautiful seascape. I think it was actually your parents' right? wedding pottery. Um, so we had a ceremonial exchange, you know, right. in the car before one of our runs of this <laughs> wedding pottery that we have right where we, you know, in our kitchens where we see it every day and think of each other. That's right. And, you know, at the time it was just beautiful and ceremonial. Yes. Oh, such a dorky so thing. Funny. That's <laughs> hysterical. Right. Yes. Well, yes, that's why we have to have, be willing to have nerds as friends, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you want... Nerds yeah, unite. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I appreciate that. That's fun. And those things, they're just fun. Fun things that just knit you together and help you to have 
a laugh, you know, and you can even look back at those things and laugh when you are weeping together or breaking mm-hmm. together or whatever, when mm-hmm. life is hard, mm-hmm. you know, you can look back yeah. on those silly and fun things mm-hmm. and just, you know, giggle together. So that's super fun. Well, we are actually out of time. So I think our conclusion here is that, you know, in order to develop in order to gain and maintain friendships, we have got to keep focusing on others. I mean, that seems to be the theme of what we've been saying is that we've got to look out for the interest of others and, you know, trust God to take care of our own interests. And God honors that, you know, people end up reciprocating, like you said, and it's just a biblical principle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next time, we're going to look at some of the unrealistic expectations we can have in friendship and how that can, you know, keep us from developing the healthy friendships or maintaining the healthy friendships that God graces us with. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share, like, and comment. If you have any questions or topic suggestions, please email wf at compasschurch.org. And we are looking forward to meeting again next time. Mm